You were never out of the fight. You were created for a time such as this. And you are now preparing to be sent into battle. God is calling you to be his disciple, to be formed in virtue and holiness. He has appointed you as an ambassador of his kingdom. To go and represent him to his people. And he's enlisted you as a soldier of Christ. To be sent out to fight for the good in this world. You were not made to make excuses. time for you to take extreme ownership for your life, for all of your life. It's time to rise up and finally be the man or woman you were created to be. Follow God. Lead others. And never surrender. It is time to begin seeking excellence. This is Josie. I am back here on the podcast. It has been a hot minute um, since I've been on here. I think the last podcast I uh, recorded was back in November, Um, but a lot's happened in my life since then. Um, The biggest thing being that I got married uh, just about a month ago, so I am no longer Josie Kuhlman. I am Josie DeLac, Um, so exciting stuff, but um, last episode I recorded in November, um, I shared, came on here and shared my story with y'all and, um, just kind of wanted to pick up where we left off there today. Um, cause I talked a lot about, you know, trusting in God's providence for our lives, um, surrendering our desires to the Lord and really just letting the Lord pursue us, um, and just receiving all he wants to give us. So, um, today I actually want to pick up there, um, by bringing my now husband um, onto the podcast to share our story and the way that the Lord led us to each other um, and how um, we've just been able to receive more of him um, and let him pursue us through each other. Um, So yeah, just wanted to bring him on, share that, share any insights we got. Um, We're going to see how this goes. So everybody welcome Jack to the podcast. The crowd goes wild. <laughs> well, calm down, calm yeah, down, no. there, cowboy. <laughs> She's always uh, tempering my my pride. Um, I'm sure everyone's not clapping at all. Everyone's just like, "Who the heck is this guy?" I'm clapping know for you, though. Yeah, well, you're figurative clapping. Your your hands are not coming together. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to be here. Uh, I feel like I'm I'm following a legend. Um, in uh in my wife and what she's she's been doing here so no you're way better at this than i am we've been trying to get this podcast started for like maybe no not an hour maybe it has been 45 minutes you know if you if you if you take like trying to get all the equipment out and then trying to get it set up yeah yeah, it's probably an hour probably an hour but this here's the thing about my wonderful husband is he is so good with technology and getting things exactly right whereas i'll just like record it even though like it could be crackly and like nobody could hear me and he's like Josie, no we we got to do this right i'm like okay yeah okay i'll I'll let you set it all up so it's great i just feel like the need to apologize to all of your listeners the fact that i found out literally today (laughs) that literally every podcast before this you've been recording via like zoom yeah and i was like oh uh well, you know, we have we have other sources that we can do this. Uh, we have microphones, and we we have a, a an actual audio interface that we can use. So, uh, and this is why I need you in my life. I'm not a tech <laughs> girl, so the Lord knows what He's doing in compliment complimentary. Com- I can't speak sometimes. In complimenting you? Yes, you compliment me very well. So. Yeah, don't worry, you do as well. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be where I am without you. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Let's get the sap. So Jack, why are we here today? We're going to share our story and all that good stuff. Um, But I'm going to let you start it off because I feel like people have heard me talk a lot. So I'm going to let you just start off, share your side of the story, how the Lord led you to me. Um, And then 
I'll share my side. Does that sound good? That sounds great. Um, you want to open in a prayer really quick? Oh, yes. Thank you for reminding me. See, he leads us in so many ways. I, before we started, we're like, yeah, we'll open in prayer and me forgetting already, but he does not forget. Would you like to lead us? Oh, I, I, I am totally okay to lead. Great. Um, it takes two to make a thing go right, right? That's right. It takes two to make a thing go right. <laughs> it takes two to make a thing go right. <laughs> okay. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, teach us how to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this Sabbath to be able to rest with you, to be able to enjoy each other's company in each other, to enjoy your company in each other. I thank you for this podcast, for this ministry, um, and all that they're doing, just trying to, to bring about success um, and um, the best in, in everyone, in all facets of life. We, Lord, ask that this be yours and not ours, that you be glorified and not us, and we surrender all this to you and that you inspire us by the Holy Spirit. In your most holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Um, I also realize people probably have no idea who you are, so you probably want to just share a little bit about <laughs> yourself too. So I thought we were trying to deflate my ego <laughs> in my head. Well, my job is to build you up. So Right. Well, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll share a brief synopsis here. Mm-hmm. Um, the name is Jack Delac. Um Houstonian, a Texan born and raised. Uh, what's one of the greatest countries in the U.S. of A? Spoken like a true Texan. Spoken like a true Texan. Shout out to all my Texans out there that are listening and that love this podcast. Let's go. Um, yeah, so born and raised in Houston, Texas. Went out to school in L.A., uh, a USC grad, fight on, and got a degree in music industry. Had some fun out there. And then Actually, was a focused missionary for three years, one on uh, campus of Tulane University, and then two years at the University of Memphis. And then afterwards, I left focus, and I ended up going to, to New York City to freelance and learn how to freelance for two years. I was uh, trying to get into entertainment and music and, and acting and made it made a decent uh, amount of progress there and and uh then covid hit our, our beloved covid c-o-v-i-d 19 um for all those of you that didn't know how to spell covid apparently <laughs> um and uh that that actually drew me out of new york never really wanted to be there in the first place but it was the the lord's will for having me for there for two years and, and met some amazing people amazing men uh and lived basically in a bunker for two years uh is the best way i can describe it um, and then, yeah, COVID brought me back home to Houston, Texas for about 10 months, which is crazy. My whole family moved back home to just kind of ride it out, you know, two weeks to lessen the curve, right? Uh, turned into 10 months. So, and then, yeah, after 10 months, I love my family to death, but I was like, you know, I need, I need some, some, some boundaries again. I need some, some independence. And one of my buddies of mine in focus he and I had always been wanting to live together. So I gave him a call one day and I was like, dude, where are you? Let's do this. I think now's the time. Entertainment's kind of still shut down. I don't know really know what's going on in my life. So I was like, dude, let's, uh, I'll move to Florida for you. Now I had a sister in Orlando. So it wasn't that big of a move. Um, but he was, he was always wanting to move a little bit closer to work. So I was like, dude, if you're moving, I'm in. And he didn't believe me. He was like, it's like, dude, uh, I don't think you're going to stay. Like, you're going to book something else and then, like, leave me for acting and stuff again. I was like, no, dude, I'll give you a year. I'll commit to a year. And I'm glad I did because uh, I moved out here just to live with a friend. And then a week shout later. Shout out to Mackenzie Tucker. Shout out to Mackenzie Tucker. Um, and then a week later, I went to brunch with him. And I met my now wife, Josie Delac, mm-hmm. at a great farm-to-table place called Congaree and Penn. Yeah, I don't know how that did with the uh, introduction there. It's kind of a smorgasbord there. But um, yeah, just just been involved with entertainment from a young age, acting, singing, uh, trying to live that out for the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, so as you can see, we both have different backgrounds pursuing different things. I was in tennis, you were in music. So just it's cool. Complementarity. Oh, to the max. It's a real thing. So... Um, Jack, how did the Lord lead you to me then? And 
lead you to eventually say yes to this vocation with me? Wow, that's a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) How long do we get? As long as you want. You know, I told Nathan this will probably be a long episode. He'll probably have to cut it into two, maybe three. Who knows right, how many. Right. So we're just going how else, where the Spirit leads us. So wow, so how did the Lord lead me to you? Uh, through a very winding path, I'll say that. Mm. Um, yeah, the past was, uh, it was good. I was raised in a good Catholic family. Um, I was always focused on career for a lot of it, just like uh, singing, acting, use the gifts the Lord's given you, don't waste them, which is all good. Um, yeah, I think uh, also good boundary was dating was for marriage. Mm. Dating was to discern marriage mm-hmm. and it didn't really have any other purpose. And I remember when I was in middle school, all my friends were starting to date girls and everything. <laughs> and I was like, dude, okay, like what is this dating thing? Like, what do you do? And, uh, they're like, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, okay, so you, uh, let me just get this straight. So you ask this girl out, right? And they're like, yeah, 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 totally. I'm like, okay, then afterwards, like, what do you do? What do you do when you date someone in middle school? Mm-hmm. And you know the response I got? He was a sleepover with one of my really, really good friends. And he was like, well, you like sit at the lunch table together and like share sandwiches and <laughs> And then like the like go to the movies and I was like okay but yeah when you go to the movies like like you, you, we can't drive at this point so I'm like so your parents take you and they're like yeah I'm like that sounds awful like I don't know about you did you ever like go on dates with people when you were young younger than no you? yeah I didn't date in middle school either babe that was a high five in case you didn't know <laughs> um, yeah it, to me it was like the stupidest thing ever mm-hmm. I was like why would I date someone when I don't even have the independence to like yeah. drive and it actually leads to another story. Um, oh one of my very first crushes, it was like I was unhealthily attached, emotionally attached to this woman. Uh, really amazing woman now. Um, actually, I haven't talked to her in a long time, so I, I can't. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, but it's so funny. Um, so we were in a show together uh, at a community theater, and I had never kissed a girl. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold the girl that i was going to kiss first was like my crush Mm -hmm. and i was like oh my gosh this is incredible but also like terrifying at the same time and um it was great the the first rehearsal we were running it and the director was like all right we can actually go for the kiss this time every time before that we're just like we get to it and kind of like skip over move over and it's community theater right so i i think at this point i was like maybe a freshman in in high school or Mm -hmm. or eighth grade and I was technically on the older side of all the actors. So mm-hmm. all these kids are like running around us and it was so funny. So we get to the point and she kisses me and the way it worked was she was giving me a kiss to like help me dance better mm-hmm. in the show. So she kisses me and I like, I was like, wow. Okay. And so I start dancing and all these kids are dancing around me and we, the director says, all right, good job. Like, and, all the kids, the little kids came running up to me afterwards. They're like, Jack, you're so red. Like, what's going on? I was All like, out. oh, my gosh, shut up. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, I forgot where I was going with this. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, um, middle school. You're talking about middle school. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, I, I need independence. I was like, this is stupid. So that same crush, I remember we, had, we were sharing some text threads once. And I was like, hey, so, you know... I think like, this is how I remember it. Mm-hmm. She, we were texting back and forth one night and she texted me. She goes, Hey, well, if you wanted to try this dating thing, like I'd be down. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. But I was like 14 at the time. Mm. So I was like one year away from like being able to drive. And I was like, mm-hmm. this doesn't make, this doesn't make sense for me to date mm-hmm. unless I can drive. So I literally texted her back. I was like, Hey, so I really want to be able to drive before this. Like, but I'd be willing to like kind of wait it out for a year. Mm. And she goes, Okay. And then our relationship kind of tapers off. And then I, I remember texting her like a year later. Like clearly I had held the on to patience, this girl. this man. I oh, love it. Man. But I texted her randomly. It was not good. Yeah. Our, like, our relationship teetered off. Yeah. I was still there. She wasn't. <laughs> I texted her. I was like, hey, so you remember that time about a year ago that we were texting and I said, you know, I'd, I'd like to date you, but, uh, you know, I need to be driving first. And I texted her and she goes, what are you talking about? 
And you know what my response was? I texted back. I said, oh, sorry. I sent that to the wrong person. No. prudence though like honestly like you recognize that like you should like what dating is for and the intent the intent of dating is to marry and i know it's like a funny story from like middle school but i think it shows your heart of like yeah this is like a serious thing it's not Mm -hmm. just like oh something you do yeah when i knew i wasn't gonna get i wasn't i wasn't gonna get married yeah uh, until i was like in college like to me getting married in high school i was like this is absolutely insane like Mm -hmm. so if i'm not getting married for another at least four or five years like yeah. what, what is the point of even dating yeah and i know i'm i might be one of the uh the few people that believe that but no i didn't date till college either so hmm. 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 <laughs> i think that's uh coming back around to the original question is you know how did the lord bring me to you and i think that's one of them is the lord is preparing both of us hmm. uh he's preparing my bride for me hmm. and it's funny you know we all we all try and we all try and like reach and grab for the one that we think we're meant to be with. And I remember like going through high school and stuff. I had so many friends are like, dude, this, this girl really likes you. Like, what are you doing? You should, you should give her a chance. And I was like, I don't know. Something's not right. And I had high standards. I had high standards. I don't think they were good, but I had high standards. They were good. Well, you know, (laughs) I, I look back on it now and I'm like, you know what? I think in some ways it was the Lord like protecting me, mm-hmm. uh, allowing me to to slowly be ready for you. Yeah. I think this, in some regards, the the downside to it was not being open to meeting other women and sure. giving them a shot. Yeah. But yeah, I, I wouldn't change it for the world. Like I'm happy that I didn't pursue some of these women because ultimately, like if I knew something wasn't right, um, well. With the caveat of saying, I do think casual dating can be okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I, I hated that term. Even when I was a missionary, I was like, there's no casual dating. Like, what is this? But to get to know someone as a friend, like, and yeah. not always put so much pressure on things. I think that's what you mean by, like, casual dating, right? Yeah, like, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Not like, oh, yeah. Like, clearly, you don't mean, like, oh, just going out, hooking up. You know, like, right, that right, casual right. dating by the world seems like casual <laughs> dating in the sense that, like, Sometimes as Catholics, I think that we can date and think on the first date, is this man or is this woman my, my spouse? Like, yeah. is this, and then like, oh, like, I don't know. So I'm going to break up with them. I'm not going out with them. Instead of just right. like, get to know them as a friend, as a person, like go on some dates. It's not, you're not committing to marry them. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's so much pressure that uh-huh. the society gives us. It's like, you know, you, you read those articles and it's like, when should you have the first kiss? Yeah. Date two, <laughs> date three. <laughs> You know, where at the movie theaters, like, yeah. it's like, what the heck? Yeah. We're taking this completely yeah. out of like, uh, it's, it's completely impersonal, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it doesn't matter who the person is that you're dating. Yeah. You should kiss them on date three. Yeah. It's like, what? I just talked to this girl and she's all over me on date one. I'm just kidding. No, that oh, was gosh. just, <laughs> <laughs> that was not me. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. That wasn't me either. Um, yeah, no, it's like, it's totally impersonal. All this yeah. advice you get is t- so impersonal. Mm-hmm. If we are casually dating correctly, then all we're doing is getting to know these people yeah. and and coming to know a good question that I had when I was younger. And one of the reasons why I never dated these people when I was younger mm-hmm. is I always think, okay, could they be a good mom or a good, or a good wife? Mm. And a lot of times it was like, I don't see that right now. Yeah. And, and to be honest, I'm sure a lot of these women are like, I actually know some of these women are very great moms and great wives now. Sure. But that's the thing. It's now. Now. Like Timing when is they, Yeah, exactly. When they were in high school, there's no, no. way. I, I didn't have the, the maturity to be a, a husband yeah. uh, when I was in high school. Well, like, we talk about it all the time of how, like, if we would have met each other at a different phase in our lives, like, we probably wouldn't be married. Like, you know, uh-huh. like, the Lord's timing is perfect. Yeah. So. Amen. Amen. So timing and, and preparation. Yeah, he, he's always preparing. And... Anyone who hasn't read it, um, I'm blanking on the saint. Um, saint Anthony of Padua wrote mm, a prayer. Yeah. It's called Be Satisfied With Me. Yeah. It's a great prayer. Highly, 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 highly recommend it, uh, especially for people out there that are like, oh my gosh, like, where's my spouse? Like, I, I believe this is the Lord, where the Lord's calling me. Mm-hmm. Pray for your spouse, first of all. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that I would not be where I am without your prayers. Mm-hmm. Praying for my, my purity, mm-hmm. my my growth, my maturity, my, my, uh, my growth and virtue and my courage. It takes a lot of courage to pursue a relationship. 
Um, and so, yeah, be satisfied with me. The prayer is just gorgeous. And, it, and it's literally the Lord saying, I'm preparing your spouse for you. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's beautiful too, because we have to remember too, those that are called to, to religious life, mm-hmm. Christ himself is your spouse. Yep. And so while he's preparing, while Christ himself is already prepared, <laughs> he doesn't really need any sure. more preparation. <laughs> um, he's preparing you to be able to receive Christ. Mm-hmm. So, and it takes two. It takes two to make a thing go right. Well, that should be the title. Yeah, exactly. It takes two. Uh, yeah, it takes two, right? So the Lord is going to prepare you for the timing that that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's the only way that this worked. Mm-hmm. I mean, Josie, you, know, you and I talked about it. And since college, I finally started dating some people um, when I was kind of getting out of college. And then I finally got to a place where I felt like I could actually casual, casually date. Um, I went on about five dates with a girl in New York and we never, we were never physically intimate and I never called her my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I just kept saying, you know what? This is a great girl. Mm-hmm. I'll take her on some dates. Yep. I was very like, um, very, very slow with mm-hmm. the process, especially compared to like most standards today. Um, we went on five dates. There was no kissing. So clearly date two, three, four, whatever yeah. was not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's about the person. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, eventually I was like, this isn't right. Yeah. And I knew it because if, if I am not like, if the relationship isn't moving forward naturally, yeah. then why would I force something? If you're, if you're not feeling comfortable, like holding their hand or kissing them or being like, if you don't want to like take a next step, if there's no desire there, if the Lord hasn't put that on your heart, it might be a sign, you know, even if they're great on paper, like, yeah, I'll tell you all about my struggles with that. But anyways, (laughs) well, it's funny. You and I both talked about this. We're like, Oh my gosh, going through the whole dating process, you go through people and it's like, you don't go through them, but you, (laughs) you don't use them. Um, yeah, you, you date these people and you're like, man, what is wrong with me? Because mm-hmm. you see some of these people and they're like super attractive. You're mm-hmm. like, I am very attracted to you. Yeah. But like literally you just are not living a, a life of virtue or mm-hmm. pursuance of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So therefore that like that's a big no-no. Mm-hmm. And then at least for us, I hope it's for a lot of people, but you know, uh, you have to understand what, what is important for you. Um, and I mean that we could get on a whole different topic conversation mm-hmm. with that, but and then the other flip side, which was the hardest one, and this was kind of like the the girl in New York, super virtuous. Mm. Like, the, I was like, on paper, this girl is like perfect. Yeah. I was like, what is going on? Why yeah. do I not have this attraction to her? Mm-hmm. Like, gorgeous. She's cute. Um, I, if she listens to this, she'd probably laugh, but I'm going to mm-hmm. share a story because she, our first date, she was, <laughs> I texted her, we went to grab a salad and we were going to go to a show in New York and... I was like, hey, let's meet at this salad place. And but there's there's some really good salad places in New York. Tons of food. I'm surprised you're saying you went to eat salad. Babe. Well, it's because it's like six bucks or eight bucks. It's not six bucks. Let's be honest. It's New York. It's like fifteen. It's like yeah, eight eight to fifteen. <laughs> um, it's a wide range, but it's like salads normally don't fill me up, but this one it's like massive amounts. Yeah. So it's like actually filling. It's like hey, let's go get the salad, or whatever. So I'm like texting her. I'm like at the location at her time. I'm like, Hey, just got here. And she texts me and it like, it's like maybe five minutes later. And I was like, where, okay, where's this girl? You know, prompt. I'm judging. I'm like promptness. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Rated two. Oh, I'm just kidding. I actually wasn't. I wasn't. No, I'm just joking. But I was just like, no. Okay, cool. And I get this text back and she goes, no worries. I'm on my way. And I was like, okay, cool. And literally around the corner, I'm waiting. And around the corner, she comes out in crutches. She's like hobbling on the streets of New York because she, she had to ride the subway, go up the stairs. Poor like girl. she's like hauling. If you've been in New York, you walk everywhere. Yeah. So this girl's like hobbling on crutches, and like it was just so beautiful. Uh, and like just a testament to her virtue. So the way she got in crutches, she was like on a boat. They were they were doing tubing, and she like. They turned pretty sharply. She like flew off the tube and her leg hit a buoy Mm. and it broke. She had a, she had a life jacket on. So she's floating, but instead of like cursing, yelling expletives, Mm -hmm. she started yelling the Hail Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Like I I heard that story. I was like, oh my gosh. She's perfect. This girl's amazing. Yeah. Like on paper. She's great. You're like, like, what is, why, why, why don't you have it? Yeah. But that was the moment that I was like, okay, this girl's 
good enough in the virtue aspect. Like, mm-hmm. let me see if there's a personality connection here. Mm-hmm. After five dates, there wasn't. Yeah. I was like, I was also kind of at a point where I was discerning religious life as well. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like Jack's monologue right now. So hopefully I'm entertaining for everyone. No, you're, I mean, you're entertaining me, but I'm also your wife. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. So the, oh, long story short. He that, loves his stories, his side stories. I do. He's great. I do. You know? Hashtag actor. We love sharing stories. Exactly. It's, it's great. But yeah, ultimately that led me to seriously discerning priesthood. And so I actually went out to a come and see out in Denver to see the servants of Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that moment really like that weekend changed a, like my life. Yeah. Meeting with father John Ignatius, an amazing order out there, men of virtue, men of sacrifice and penance. And he took, he took me in that weekend and just like wrecked my heart. Mm-hmm. He was like reading my heart. The Lord was showing it to him and he was able to speak into it. And he straight up said, he's like, Jack, like I I want you to challenge yourself. Mm. He's like, I don't know what your vocation is, but I, I know that the Lord wants to reclaim masculinity in mm-hmm. you and your family. And I want you to do things that scare you mm. because he knows and he knew uh, that anything good in this life requires risk. Mm. And so to get there, to have the courage to eventually kneel before you and ask for your hand in marriage, mm. He knew that I was going to need courage in these little things. So he's like, Jack, I want you to do things that scare you, Mm -hmm. one. And two, he said, I, he said, I want you to, I want your heart to be broken more. Mm -hmm. Because I told him, I was like, I dated one person. Yeah. And he was like, okay. Uh, He's like, I want you, I want your heart to be broken more. Which, what he meant by that was, I want you to put your heart out there. Mm -hmm. Because if I don't ever put my heart out there. I'm never going to know what my heart longs for and I'm going to play it safe. And you know, a lot of society. I think it's that, sorry, it reminds me of that GK Chesterton. I think it's GK Chesterton quote that like. C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis. Like keep your heart in a box and like, it'll stay there. It'll go cold. It'll it'll, never change. It'll never change. Like if we don't put our hearts out there and give them the opportunity to be broken, we're not actually growing. We're not actually loving, you know, Mm -hmm. we're keeping our safe little box. So like, it sounds like, like that's where you were like in your box, in your comfort zone. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that quote, Oh my gosh, it's so brutal. Yeah. He's like, if you want to preserve your heart, put it in a box and lock it away and it, and it will change. Mm -hmm. Sorry. I got to correct that. He says it will change. It'll grow cold and hard and will not learn to truly love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, take your heart out. Give it to others. It will It will be bruised. He says that he will be bruised. It will be cut. It will be scorned. But it will know love. I got I got the quote right here. I'll read it oh, if you go want. For it, it says, to love it all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly be broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give your heart to no one, not even to an animal. Um, goes on. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. The alternative to tragedy, or at least to the risk of tragedy, is damnation. The only place outside heaven where you can be perfectly safe from all dangers and perturbations, that word, uh, (laughs) of love is hell. So the only place you can be perfectly safe from all dangers is hell. Yeah. Yeah, because it it takes a risk to even love God, right? Yeah. And he, he paid the ultimate risk. Yeah. The fact that the fact that he died and laid down his life for people that many people will never love him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like we think about that all the time. Like if think about someone you really love, and think about like you giving your life for them and them never giving it back in return mm. for all of eternity. Mm-hmm. Like that's what we do when we reject God. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the Sacred Heart. That's the piercing, the crown of thorns on the sacred heart. That's why he bleeds because he literally brought you into existence. And these, these people will not love him back. So that just shows us like how to love. So like Father John Ignatius was encouraging you to take risks, to be courageous. 
because like that's how Christ loves. He doesn't worry about getting his heart broken. He just gives it. Yeah. And then a follow-up, you know, in order to marry someone, like St. Paul says in Ephesians, husbands, love your wives like Christ loves the church. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to love you like Christ, I got to know how Christ loves. Yeah. 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 It's, that is, yeah, those are some of the, the best pieces of advice I, I was given. And, and you know what? I'm sure my parents tried to give me this advice. I'm mm-hmm. sure many people tried to give me this advice before. Sure. Like you said, it's just timing. Yeah. We need to, like, we need to hear the advice and the, the ideas that the Lord wants to give us mm-hmm. at the timing that he wants to give it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only reason I was willing to meet you. And what I was going to kind of get at is I remember talking with you and we kind of got to a similar place where, yeah, okay. We were at a place where, all right, Lord, you're, you're number one. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't need, I don't need Josie. Mm-hmm. Granted, we hadn't met yet, but I was like, I don't need a, I don't need a woman. This was before you met me. Like yeah. this is before. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember, I remember coming to New York, coming to uh, Jacksonville, moving in and on my drive into Jacksonville, I remember thinking this, I was like, Lord, I just kind of ended a thing with another girl. We were just talking once again, seeing if I wanted to date her. Mm-hmm. Ended up ending that. And I was driving to Jacksonville. I was like, Lord, I don't even want to date. I'm over this. Like, I just like want to find community. I want to, I want to come to know you and to love you. And literally a week later we <laughs> met, but it was so funny too, because in the time before we met as well, I remember having a concrete prayer moment. And I said, Lord, the thought of me being able to find a woman in this day and age mm-hmm. where dating is difficult. Mm-hmm. It sucks sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's COVID. It, it literally, and, and I have high expectations. Yes. All of these things, my track record, my history, my imperfections, literally it was just like on display in prayer one day. Mm-hmm. I was like, Lord, this seems insurmountable. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the genuine thought of me finding my wife Mm -hmm. seems impossible. That was a concrete prayer I had. And that word came out as impossible. Mm. And it was like almost, Mm. it wasn't until that moment that the Lord was like, great, you're ready. Mm. (laughs) Oh, I love this because it just makes so much sense when I share my side. Anyways. Yeah. Well, because the Lord knows that if we are in it for ourselves. Yeah. If we are trying to, to achieve our own sanctity, if we are trying to save our own souls, then then we're not being followers of Christ. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's actually the ultimately the Lord doesn't want us to sin, right? Mm-hmm. But the Lord uses our sin to remind us we need a savior. Mm-hmm. So in a very real way, the Lord is like, Jack, you've been trying to find your spouse your whole life. Yeah. Like, will you stop? Mm. And it was this moment that I was like, this seems impossible. The impossibility of the task finally was made manifest to me. Mm -hmm. And like, ultimately, like that's everything for us. Mm -hmm. Like everyone says it all the time and it doesn't really speak to me all the time. But like people say like, you can't even breathe a breath without God. Mm -hmm. Beautiful song by Stephen Curtis Chapman, God is God. Mm -hmm. Um, Can I even take a breath without God giving it Mm -hmm. to me? He is first and last. Anyway, I grew up with that CD. Um, Declaration is the CD title, in case you guys are interested. Shout out. Shout out. Stephen Curtis Chapman. Love that guy. Really want to meet him one day. Um, But yeah, it was almost like in that impossibility, then God was able to come in and be my savior. Mm. He was able to be the hero of my life and be like, all right, Jack, now that you know that you can't do this by yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll help you out. Yeah. It's, you're able to receive me as gift then because yes. you weren't grasping for it. Yeah. Mm. And then I think I met you like two weeks after that prayer and then like a week after me driving in. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah. Insane. Beautiful. Beautiful. And, and monologue and I'll be accepting my, um, my, not my Grammy, my, uh, my Oscar nomination babe, babe, in, babe, babe, uh, humility, humility, in a month humility. or so. Um, so <laughs> We've been working on humility this year. Um, yeah, this is the year of humility in the DLAC family household. Yes, yes. Um, both of us can tend to get big heads, so we got to remind <laughs> each other. Um, no, it's great. No, I, I think it's like so, so beautiful. Um, 
I will always love like hearing your side and like your heart, like before we met, because it's so clear to me that like God was preparing both of us for each other at the same time. Um, just cause like I had so many similar experiences. Um, like, I think it's funny, like neither of us dated, I mean, like I had one serious boyfriend in college. Like you had one girlfriend before. What? Me. You dated before me? <laughs> Yes, I did. I dated wow. before you. Um, but yeah, and, and is our marriage even valid? <laughs> shut up. <laughs> um, but yeah, like how the Lord led led my heart to be able to say yes to Jack. I think um like I know I shared when in the past when sharing my story of how the Lord really stripped me of everything I clung to, right? Like I lived in um indiana for a year where he really like stripped everything from my life like um and it was during that time of being led into the desert with the lord that i really felt like my heart was transformed and i was i allowed him um to fill me up right um i I think from my side i think I, i have like three three main like prayer moments that i wanted to share that i think really show how the Lord was pursuing me through it all and preparing my heart for you, Jack, um, that go very well with like how he just like worked in your life. Um, and yeah, so I'll just, I'll just share those with you guys. Um, the first one, I think, um, you know, in, in college, I, I was in a serious relationship, broke up and remember meeting with, um, my spiritual director at the time. Um, and, uh, I was, you know, just crushed, heartbroken and like really desiring marriage, like thought this was the guy. Um, and I remember him saying like, like Josie, yeah, I know you really desire marriage. Um, but he's like, you know that like, even if your vocation is marriage, there's a chance you might never get married. And I remember looking at him, I'm like, what? No, Father David, like, you're not, you're not supposed to say that. Like, I, I just got broken up with like two weeks ago. Like, no, that you're supposed to like come for me. Like, tell me it's going to be okay. He's like, no, no, this is the truth. And I, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. What every girl wants to hear. Exactly. Right. But like, it was what I needed to hear because that's the truth, right? Like, it, like we're not guaranteed that like, we're going to get married. Like, even if that is our quote unquote vocation, because like, it takes free will. You know, we have to say yes to it. There has to be two people, right? It takes two to make it a thing go. It takes two to make a thing go, right? Okay, that's the title of this episode. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah. So I was like, well, shoot. Like, and, and so he followed it up with like, even if your vocation is married, you might never find your future spouse, right? But he goes, and if that happens to you, Josie, will the Lord be enough for you? Hmm. Yeah, dramatic pause for that because, like, I wanted so badly to say yes, like, yes, Lord, you are enough for me. Like, that's what I would say in my own heart. But I, I knew deep down I couldn't say that, like, with a resounding yes because, like, I desired marriage so much that I thought, like, I, I don't think I could be happy in this life if I don't get this deepest desire in my heart, you yeah. know. And and so I was like, shoot. I want to say yes, but I know I can't. And I knew right then and there, like something was wrong. My priorities were wrong. Even like I was idolizing marriage and a future spouse. Right. And like, they can't fill me up. Like even the Jack, like I love you more than anybody, but like, (laughs) you're not going to fulfill my desire, all my desires. You know what I mean? Like, uh, only the Lord can do that. How dare you say that? <laughs> <laughs> we tell each other all all the time. It's fine. Yeah. You're uh, my number two, babe. Yeah. You're my number two. <laughs> Jesus is first. The best number two ever. <laughs> um, but, but no, for real. So, oh, there goes a book on our bookshelf. Um, anyways, uh, where was that? Oh yeah. So I knew, I knew that like something needed to change. So it was, it was funny cause from then to meeting Jack, I, there was like a period of three years where I was single. Um, and during that time, the, the Lord really drew me into a desert season, I believe, to like show me and get comfortable with with him being enough for me. Because like I truly believe like we're not ready to date or marry until we're comfortable being alone with the Lord, until we're mm-hmm. comfortable in our singleness with the Lord and like letting him be enough and being okay with the thought of like never getting married, you yeah. know? Um, so that was that first moment in prayer, but about a year later, um, another profound encounter, um, with a priest actually in confession, 
um, kind of helped deepen this, this desire for the Lord and me growing in intimacy with him was I was working up in South Bend, Indiana at the time. It was Good Friday. I went to confession. And I remember in confession, like, sharing, like, just my struggles with singleness. I was feeling so lonely. Like, I wanted someone, but I knew the Lord should be enough. But, like, why doesn't he feel like enough? And I want him to be enough. But, like, why do I still have this this ache in my heart for another, you know? Mm. And just, like, sharing that so much. And I, I remember it was just so beautiful and gentle, the, the fatherly wisdom this priest gave me. But... He was like, Josie, um, you know, like in the mass, right? Like when we get the chance to receive our Lord, like most intimately. And he goes, when the, at the moment of the mass, when the priest says like, lift up your hearts, um, next time, like when you're in mass, like, I want you to imagine that, that you're taking your heart out of your chest, like Indiana mm. Jones style. And I, I love that reference because I'm from a family of brothers. So I'm like, yeah, like, oh, yeah. you know, like, anyway, so um, yeah, taking my heart out of my chest and like literally giving it to the Lord. So like I'm sitting there in the church now at the, you know, at, in a non creepy temple of doom. Way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Um, with heartless, like I'm heartless, right? Because I just gave my heart to the Lord. Um, but then he goes, Josie, when you go receive communion, you're, you're, you, you receive a heart back, but it's not yours. It's the sacred heart. So the Lord gives you his heart in every single Eucharist. And so like you have his heart and he has yours and like, he will fill you up. So you will always have a man's heart and a man will always have your heart. And he goes, allow Jesus to, to, to hold your heart, to protect it either you know, and there's one of two options. He's either going to keep it for himself and Mm -hmm. like, you're going to be just his bride or he's going to pursue you through another man here Mm -hmm. on earth, but he's going to hold on to it until he's ready to give it to that man. And that man, when he comes along, he should be so holy that she, he should practically be a priest because like, that's the only way he could get your heart is by asking Jesus for it. And he would have to be so close to our Lord to ask Jesus for your heart that our Lord would give him your heart. So basically, I know this, this sounds like a lot, but like essentially that the, the wisdom this priest gave just kind of solidified and, and helped me to work through my singleness. So that way, every time I struggled with loneliness or feeling that ache i just like okay lord i'm gonna give you my heart I, i'm gonna give you my heart and i give you my heart and that's all i can do is like give you my heart every day and, and remind myself that you are enough for me you are number one and and no man is gonna f- fulfill that role um and if if i am called to marriage like i hope i am and like i thought you know thought i was i was like yeah. well then i trust that you're gonna give it to that man so I just kept journeying. And during this time, like I was dating, I was dating a lot. I was, you know, I was putting myself out there. I was on dating apps. I went on Catholic match. I was meeting people in person, you know, and just putting myself out there and giving God room to work. Um, and I met like so many like amazing men, like, you know, it would go one or two ways, like either, either like, you know, um, we, they were attractive, got along with them personality. Like this is great, but like they weren't deep in the faith and, Mm -hmm. or the flip side, like you said, Jack, like they were great on paper and like he was Mr. Right. But like, I was like, why do I struggle with the thought of like holding, even holding his hand or like cringe at the thought of him, like hugging me. I'm like, something's wrong, but I don't know. (laughs) Um, yeah. So like just, just struggling with that. And, um, I actually remember like, (laughs) it's funny, like God led you, Jack, to that point of being okay, like two weeks before you met me, right? To that point of like, I'm, I'm okay with being single. Like, I'm okay with this. I don't really think that like, you kind of not gave up hope, but almost just like, this is impossible. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like there's no way, like kind of almost challenge, not challenging the Lord, but just being like, there's, there's no, like, you're going to surprise me if this happens. Yeah. Right. And so it's funny. Cause I definitely got to that point. Like, we met January, 2021, I, December, like 2020, um, Florida is so good. But I was, I remember like the final like straw, I was like dating a guy or like going on dates with a guy, um, perfect on paper, like everything. And this is after dating other guys that were similar to him. And I was just like, okay, something's not clicking. What's wrong. I had like so many mental breakdowns, like to my mom and sisters I was like, what? Like, I don't get it. Like, what is wrong with me? Yeah. And so I started doubting like, well, maybe God, maybe not. You're not even calling me to marriage because yeah. like, I, clearly you haven't given me a desire for this man, you know? And I was starting to like 
freak out about it. I'm like, okay, well, you know what? I just, whatever happens, happens. But so I was, I was in this place of like, yeah, trying to put myself out there, but just like frustrated, Mm -hmm. frustrated and just like, you know, I don't think this is actually going to happen, but you know, whatever you want, Lord. Right. And it's funny at that moment of surrender, that's when God delivers, right? When you get to the point of him being enough for you. Um, so I'll just share like, yeah, when, when Jack and I met, uh, it was funny cause I'll share it. So that way, uh, so it doesn't come out, but like I was, I was talking to three different guys at the time. Yeah, you were. I was going to say, this is like any, any confidence boost for a man oh is to know gosh. that his wife was dating three other guys them. Uh, while dates. while uh, I was brought into the picture. And uh, by the Lord's grace alone, I was victorious. I feel like I was going into battle. No. And uh, like I was like King David. And I was like, bring in the Ark of the Covenant. No. We need no. the Lord here. No. <laughs> no. No. Like it was, it was very much like it was crazy. So I should back up and say um, December 2020 when I was like, really reached that point of like frustration i decided to dedicate the year to none other than saint joseph (laughs) um yeah because it was a year of saint joseph in the catholic church so i was like all right saint joseph i i just really want to find and live out my vocation this year like i have that ache like i'm ready to go on mission with the lord like with like and i said say, Joseph, like, if my vocation is marriage, like, I trust that you're going to bring my future spouse into my life. If not, if it's not marriage, then, like, show me show me where to go. Like, I'll go anywhere. You tell me to. Just, like, reveal my vocation and help it to live it out this year. Anyways, a couple weeks later into the new year, all of a sudden, I was talking to, like, three different guys. I was like, what the <laughs> heck? St. Joseph delivers fast. So I was like, okay. And I was, like, overwhelmed because I'm not that type of girl to just, like, date like that. But, like, they all, like, it was just weird circumstances. Anyways, so I was talking to my mom one day. I'm like, mom, this is weird and overwhelming. Like, I'm trying to, like, schedule phone calls with these different guys on different <laughs> nights of the week. And it's just, like, weird. And, she, and I'm like, is this wrong? And she goes, no, Josie, you're not dating any of them. You're just getting to know them as friends. You're not in a relationship. There with you anyone. go. And I'm like, wow, mom. Okay. Um, so I was like, my mom told me to do it. So <laughs> <laughs> you had a, you had a backup. <laughs> yeah, I had a backup. But anyways, um, so lo and behold, St. Joseph throws a fourth man into the mix when, you know, that told me, he just convinced me to tell all the others goodbye. Mm. Um, when, yeah, late January of last year, um, my friends um, Hope and Clay invited me to a brunch um, where Jack came from his brand new roommate. And there was only five of us there. Jack and I met and just, um, like, hit it off. Like, just we were just hanging out in a group all day. Um, and it was funny because, like, he wanted to get involved in community. He had just moved to town and, like, all of this. And, of course, you know, I kind of help run the young adult community at Holy Family Catholic Church here in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, great. Like, you know, um, we have an email and text list. So if you give me your, you know, <laughs> phone number and email, like, I can, you know, put you on the list. And, yeah, I love um, the way that you share that story now. What? I love the way you share that story now. Oh. Yeah, you want to give me your phone, your email or phone number. I don't really remember the way I said yeah. it. Okay. Um, I, you know, I was like, oh, wow, this girl runs the, the ministry at Holy Family. I was like, this is perfect. Like, perfect way to get connected i was like hey do you guys have an email list and she's like yeah well actually if you just give me your number no i definitely was not <laughs> that forward that is not yep. the way she's I... like you can give me your number no. and uh, i can get you hooked up i was like oh, oh, okay wow okay. Right, this girl's mm-hmm. moving forward but sure why not yeah there's a little discrepancy Jack, <laughs> I, you know doesn't have the greatest memory <laughs> true um, true but anyways um somehow i got his number and he had mentioned like you know, casually like, oh, like you play tennis. He found out I was a tennis player. He says, oh, I was playing a lot over quarantine. So I was like, oh yeah, I have a court at my house. Like we should totally play sometime. And, um, I think I shot him a text to like, you know, later that night or the next day, like give him my number too. And say like, oh yeah, if you want to come over and play tennis, like I'm free today. So Jack being the courageous Texan that he is taking risks, he, um, like, okay, yeah, you just moved to town get to know this girl. So he came over to my house. The day after I met him, we have a tennis court at my house. Um, 
where I grew up. And um, he met... Day two of knowing this, this girl. This is day two. Well, like, again, like, he's just a friend at this point. And so I was like, yeah, just getting to know him. I was trying to date casually. So in the sense that, like, yeah, date for intention. But, like, just get to know you as a friend, not put pressure on it. So I was like, no, no big deal. Don't overthink it. Like, just inviting a dude over to play tennis. Um and he met both my parents, my oldest brother, like three of my nieces and nephews, like a family friend. Like, yeah, it's just, it was, it was just so providential though, because it's just like when you date someone, you'd also date their family. So yeah. you'd like marry into the family. So it's just so beautiful. No, I, I was sweating before I even got on the court. <laughs> I was like driving over my like AC's blasting in my car. And I'm like, I get this text on the way over. It's like, Hey, here's the instructions to my house. So like I, I pull into the to the security gate and I'm like, hey, um, yeah, this is this is Jack. I'm I'm going to to meet Josie Coleman. Is how I said it the first time, and um, quickly found out it's Coleman. Mm-hmm. Um, cool man, baby. The funniest thing was that yeah, it's like oh Jack, yeah, my family, my parents are here, my oldest brother, my nieces and nephews, like it's here. So just just be cautious when you're driving in and the kids. I'm like okay, yeah, no seriously, it's I thought I was coming to just play tennis with a girl and just be the two of us. And no, it's it's our whole family. Yeah, you know, um, casually. But again, I was like, oh, I just met this guy yesterday. He's just a friend. Um, but we ended up, you know, spending the whole day together. Um, and just, yeah, at the end of that day, I had this realization. And I was like, ah, shoot. I was like, I really like this guy. Like, I like him a lot. And um, I'm in trouble. Because, <laughs> because I was like, okay, back up. I, I said I had three moments of prayer, right? Um, one was with Father David asking me if the Lord would be enough for me, and then the part about giving my heart to the Lord. But a, a third moment I had was actually like six months before meeting you, Jack. Um, I was in prayer, and I remember having this moment. Um, I had had an experience with someone else that I had um, probably put myself out there a little too much in like, you know, um, like I desired something to happen and was kind of forcing it a little bit. I was grasping at it and not, not, I mean, I don't want to say like I was pursuing him, but like I was, um, not letting him be the pursuer, you Mm -hmm. know, like, and I think a lot of women, like we struggle with this when we want something, we can sometimes want to make it happen Mm -hmm. rather than waiting on the Lord. And if it's the Lord's will, he will pursue us, you know? And so I remember sitting in prayer and I think this is a very pivotal moment and actually really important in our relationship and just the knowing it was the Lord's will was that in prayer, I remember looking at the Lord and saying like, Lord, how do you love me? And just seeing like, he's, he pursues me. He's intentional. He, he romances me. He wants to go out of his way. Like he's going to make himself known. Mm -hmm. Right. And so going back to, to all my previous prayer moments, it's like, okay, then like, if I'm called to marry someone, don't I trust that that man is going to be clear? He's going to be intentional. He's going to pursue me with his whole heart. He's going to, he's, he's going to pursue my heart and Mm -hmm. like want to love me. I'm not going to have to try to be someone different or try harder or like make myself known or noticeable. Like he's going to go out of his way. He's going to choose me. Mm -hmm. So I remember in that moment promising the Lord, I was like, Lord, I promise I am not going to pursue a man. I'm not like, even if I like him, even if I want him to pursue me, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to wait for him to, to take that first step to initiate. So that way I know it's you because that's how I know it's going to be you. And so fast forward then after that, the day after meeting you hanging out all day, I was like, Oh man, I really want to text him. I really want to text him really bad. Like, I'm like, I don't know. Do you think he's gonna text me? I don't know. Like, I was talking to friends. I was like, What do you think? What do you think? And she was like, Josie, just like chill, okay? And I mean, you texted me a couple hours later, um, so I didn't thankfully have to like wait too long, you know. Um, but yeah, so like you initiated that. We were texting for a couple days, but again, like my whole thing when dating you, especially early on, mm-hmm. was. I need to let you pursue me. Mm-hmm. I can't initiate. I have to wait. Now, this was my prayer because I knew that if you pursued me, it was the Lord's will because that's yeah. what I was praying for, right? Um, so I was intentional with my prayer and I was patient and waited on the Lord. And it was like, it's the hardest thing for me because I'm an impatient person. And like, we, I say this all the time, but like, 
it's so beautiful that like you make me want to be patient Jack like you do like in everything like it's so beautiful because like I'm much more of like oh let's go let's go and like you're like more like all right let's take it slow like let's do this you know and it's like beautiful though because you make me want to to slow down you know and um so so yeah so anyways um we were just texting back and forth a couple days later you call me on the phone um to ask me on a date i almost dropped dead i was in the middle of like a (laughs) treadmill workout i had to act like i was like she wasn't dropping dead because of the cardio no 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 no. i was like on the treadmill saw like jack delac was calling me i was like oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh i like jumped (laughs) off and like tried to slow my breathing down before i picked up um but long story short like we go on a date like a week after meeting um we we which is unheard of for me yeah again like this is against you like you're a take it slow guy i remember on our first date jack was like yeah like i just want to let you know this is not like me like normally i know a girl like six eight months as friends before even thinking about asking her out and but you know and and it just through everything i think it showed the lord pursuing our hearts and the lord Mm -hmm. in god's will in this relationship because like you went against your natural disposition yeah. to wait and to just like take your time and you pursued me so intentionally. Um, and like I went against my natural disposition and was patient and just like, let you pursue. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think it shows like, okay, us just like surrendering things to the Lord and letting him work through us. Um, and it's funny cause like that was the whole th- throughout our relationship. That was the whole theme of just like, yeah, like surrendering it to the Lord, um, and, and responding in that way. Um, and for me, that meant letting you pursue me in all things. Um, yeah. 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 I think that's, you know, that's, I feel like a whole other podcast is like, what does it mean to pursue in a relationship? Uh, mm-hmm. or what does that look like? You know, um, this is a good, this is a good transition point. We're at 55 minutes now. So yeah. I, I, we, we shared our story. Um, if Nathan wants to cut this off, he can, if we <laughs> want to keep going, we can. But like, I, I think, I think this is a huge part of our story of like, how do we pursue and be pursued mm-hmm. in a relationship? So, yeah. Yeah. I think that that'd be something to talk about uh, on another podcast. So just like, what, what does it mean to pursue, especially now in our, our culture right now, what does that look like? Um, but I think, I guess in a way of closing this one out, I know a lot of women out there, it's so complicated. Uh, there's a lot that goes into it and it takes both to have the man pursue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of women are like, okay, I've heard this all the time. What the heck? Um, everyone keeps saying allow the man to pursue, but he does nothing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what you want me to do. And mm-hmm. I get it. I have two sisters. It breaks my mm-hmm. heart. Um, that I don't always see a man that I don't always see a man pursuing them, you know? And, uh, I know for, for the men too, listening to this, they could be questioning and they'd be like, wow, Jack, like, okay, you're making us all look like crap. Mm. They might be thinking that hopefully not. Uh, <laughs> cause I don't mean to do that. I don't want to be prideful either. Um, but I, I think in a real way, it, it is a, a call of, of arms. You know, this is, this is a war and, um, it requires us to fight our, our natural inclinations because of the, it, and it is the natural inclination because of the fall of, mm-hmm. of, of man and mm-hmm. entrance of original sin into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, this is tough. This is, this is difficult. But like Father John Ignatius said, we need to be men that take risks, that put ourselves out there and lay our hearts on the line. Mm-hmm. You can't lay your heart on the line unless you know your heart. Mm. You can't lay your heart on the line unless you possess your heart. Mm. Do you know your heart? Do you own your heart? Is it yours to give? Mm. Um, so I, I think that's kind of my, my two bits of, of ed, thoughts and advice um, before diving into a whole other podcast on what it means to pursue and, and the roles of, of men and women in a relationship, uh, which we are, are still figuring out right now. You're into that. You're into that. Do you want to close in a, a prayer? Let's do it. Amigo. Okay. <laughs> All right. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, um, just be with us. Thank you so much. um, Just for this beautiful conversation, um, the opening of Jack and I's hearts, for all of our listeners that 
they were able to receive something um, through this. Um, they, they, they were able to receive uh, you through, through our story, right? We share this not for our own um, glory or notoriety, but just to, to make you known in our lives. Um, you know, it's, it's you pursuing us through each other um, in everything that we do. And we ask that in everything and everything we receive from this world um, that we see you and we see you see we see you our divine lover um, pursuing us so we ask that um, you may just make that more known to us in everything um, and allow us to receive you each and every day um, we ask this all through the intercession of the holy family um, amen amen Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Have hope, dear sisters. There is hope in the Lord, and when you think it is impossible, that's when He's going to show up. That's right. And His name is Jack Delac for me, baby. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, but yes, have hope. Good men exist, and good women exist, too. Amen. Amen.